Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. It actually even goes back into the 90s when I was part of the negotiations. And at that point, we were talking about, well, yeah, we can renovate the stadium, but it's not going to last much longer through renovations. At some point, we've got to talk about a new stadium, and we're certainly beyond that. And it's time to get a new stadium done that we think can make sure the Bills are here and successful for many, many decades going forward. Well, there's NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell speaking at Jim Kelly's annual celebrity golf tournament. Uh, about the Bills' need for a new stadium. And this is a, a story that's been circulating, Nick. We didn't touch upon it last week. I wanted to make sure we got to it. There was definitely talks there going on about how, you know, ownership wanted the new stadium, but they wanted it to be, you know, 100% funded by taxpayer money. And then there was rumors that they were going to move to Austin, Texas, which I was like, huh? what? You can't move Buffalo Bills to Austin, Texas. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. It sounds like, you know, they're going to figure out a place in western New York to build a new stadium, but it's not going to be like a tear down and replace type deal like Goodell was just saying, right? It's going to be somewhere in western New York. The question is where, but in all likelihood, the Bills are staying put in western New York. Yeah, uh, glad to be back again this week, Ryan. We made it to two weeks of uh, Back to the Bills Wire podcast. Likewise, yes, likewise. Um, but yeah, the stadium topic, uh, big topic for years now. I mean, it's uh, Goodell even said at some point in his interview that's almost like the annual time every year that it's a, not uh, it's like an unofficial annual time. Goodell will speak during say like uh, the owners meetings and certain times of the year, Super Bowl week, he'll always talk. But in terms of Western New York media specifically, he gets uh, up close and personal with them uh, during Jim Kelly's annual uh, celebrity golf tournament where there's just a ton of different people there. Uh, I think players usually get the day off and they get to go there. The, it, it's it's a nice little time, but yeah, uh, Goodell even said he's like every single year I'm here talking to you people. We're talking about the stadium, <laughs> and he's uh, he's a Jamestown, New York native, so he's a little bit of a Western New Yorker himself. So he he certainly, I think, uh, has probably a little bit of a personal uh, background for wanting to keep the Bills there. Is he a Bills fan? I don't know, but uh, he he sure as heck probably knows a lot of people who are, and a lot of people who are uh, going to be in his corner thinking that uh, he's going to play a part in helping to keep them there. Of course, he's the face of all the owners, so if there's money to be found, there's money to be found. And that money right now is the best best served probably in a new stadium in western New York. As of right now, as you mentioned, Ryan, it's been kind of just your classic back and forth going on through the media for a while. And it's what the first headlines were. It was almost like who's going to blink and make the first move, right? The first quote-unquote move made was by ownership, which – it, it almost wasn't by them, but it was. Uh, it, it, the Buffalo News was the one re- initial report. They came out and said that uh, Terry and Kampula, Bill's ownership, that they want a 100% tax 
tax uh, taxpayer funded stadium built on the surface of that that comes out i think everyone who has done any negotiating for anything from a billion dollar stadium to on the playground and it recess you're negotiating anything it's not going to be 100 percent sided <laughs> it's just the first stepping stone that's right. the all right let's get this ball rolling so then there's a little bit of a report that, another one from the athletic that refuted that that said the Pagulas never really asked for 100%. They know it wasn't. But really, that wasn't even important to me. It was just kind of like, okay, now we're getting the ball rolling. Uh, the latest is that they, those two sides, well, the three sides are with the Bills' unique stadium situation. is Highmark Stadium It's actually owned by Erie County, Erie County where Orchard Park is. And they leased the stadium to the Bills right now, Highmark Stadium. So they own it. And then, of course, the state government has to be involved. They're the taxpayers. And then, of course, the the, the so those three sides had their representatives meet. Apparently, they did some kind of tour of Highmark Stadium, their current home, kind of gets to say, okay, we're done renovating this place. They need something new, which I don't know. We've been saying that for years. I don't know. Apparently, they felt like that had to be the first in-person step, even though we've kind of all known that part. But, yeah, um, other than that, in the Athletic, the latest report from them was they're hoping maybe if things go right at some point next year, they could break ground on the new stadium. And the timeline for it to be built really isn't important at all because as of now, most people uh, listen to this, Bills fans have probably heard that they, they were at one point getting, okay, a lot of these teams, they do downtown stadiums, they got a dome, they got a nice facility, you know, not that it needs to be downtown to be nice, but you know what I mean? The Bills are not downtown right now, they're in Orchard Park, they're 20 minutes south of the city of Buffalo. Right. Uh, they're going to stay there. They uh, all, all signs are pointing to they're going to basically – the Bills have an, obviously a huge contingency of tailgaters every game. So for the next couple of years, there's this uh, lot, the ECC lot area, uh, Erie County Community College area. That's that's right outside of the Bills parking lots are. They're going to uh, – apparently they own that land, the Bills. They're going to take away some parking lots. They're going to start construction right there. And instead of going to – there's kind of rumors like, hey, maybe the Bills will go play in Toronto for a couple of years or they'll go play at um, – uh, Penn Stakes, I think the the Bills ownership, Terry Paguli used to go there or something like that. And anyways, uh, but no, they're gonna they're gonna build it basically right next to the damn stadium that they're at right now. It's almost it's almost kind of like I think that's what they did with the Yankee Stadium, right? Then they just build yes. it like across yes. the street. Patriots, <laughs> so, Patriots too. Yeah, the old yeah, Foxborough Stadium became a you know the the shopping mall. Yeah, in, yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. So it's like they're building it like next door, and then when it's ready, they're going to go over there. And I assume that they'll probably, you know, tear down that uh, old stadium, make it more parking lots, because that's what the people want. Uh, that's, you know, a debate for another day, what they should do with that. But that's that's kind of the latest, Ryan. Um, $1.4 is the said total. Kind of back and forth, who's going to pay what between taxpayers, between ownership. But we know it's going to be some sort of a mix, right? I mean, there's there's never, ever been a fully taxpayer-funded funded stadium built. It's always, you know, it's always a little bit of a mix here or there. They'll, they'll figure it out. But, yeah, all signs are pointing to it being Orchard Park and the Bills going anywhere. And you mentioned the Austin Bills. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, that was, you said it. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. You know, the Austin. You made the biggest point. Yeah, you made the biggest point yourself that uh, someone at USA Today ran uh, one of our um, affiliate websites, well, the actual USA Today affiliate website. They, I I apologize to the author of it, but uh, they they wrote a piece on how, yeah, Jerry Jones is probably the Bills' biggest ally here because he's, the hell you thinking that Bills Jerry fan. Jerry's Bills world fan. is going to have the Bills coming? Yeah, get out of here. No. Big Bills fan, uh, uh, Jerry Jones right now. There's no, no way he's going to let that happen. Jerry Jones is not letting an NFL franchise come to Austin, Texas and cut into his fan base. There's not a freaking chance. No, not a chance. 
Yeah. yeah and on Austin, I get it. it's like an up and coming town and, um, you know, it's populous. Um, but, and they just have a, I think it's Austin FC, the soccer team. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're in there. I mean, I don't know. They're just always, there seems to be a little bit of a different vibe from Austin to now, of course, Las Vegas is a big, uh, if you will, sports town, a big, big uh, new sports town, if you will. They got the NHL. They, of course, got the NFL now with the Raiders. So it just seems something different. It kind of always seemed like a, like pro sports wanted to be in Vegas, but they're like, will it work? Will it work? And then finally, when they realized that it worked, they're like, all right, yeah, of course, of course, Vegas. But Austin's Austin. I mean, they're they're kind of you know they're in they're in the background of so many other sports teams in Texas, and of course the giant being the Cowboys. There's no way Jerry Jones can let that happen, as we mentioned. But absolutely, just um, it just seemed a little bit different vibe to me personally with Vegas. But I the second I read Austin Bill, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, for, <laughs> not added. I and, doubtful. And you get why there's the speculation because it's not like Buffalo is the best you know media market in the nation. Obviously, it's like you know it's probably down the list. But still, I can't. I can't picture the NFL without the Buffalo Bills, and yeah. they're, they're like they're fun, crazy, wild fan base. You know, I just can't. The NFL would lose some of its luster if the Bills moved somewhere else. So uh, they can't move; they got to stay right where they are. So I think that's them staying in Orchard Park. You know, I, I don't know how Bills fans feel about the stadium being in Orchard Park, and but you know what? It seems to be working, and I think that's a you know. Whatever, it's a perfect place for them. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Yeah, leave. I think a lot of people are uh, pumped up about that, or at least the people that are happy about that. I mean, it just comes down to the tailgate. You're not going to build a downtown stadium where you're going to. You're going to find it, it's not. It just wouldn't be the same. Downtown stadium could be cool. Uh, certainly could have its have its amenities and whatnot. But for for Buffalo, that the two big things were the. A tailgating because it's such a big part of the team. You know, you you almost you almost want to you know be you almost feel like you're sounding a little silly saying that, but you know these people love it. That's what they it's their bread and butter. It's what it's all about. Right. But but um, the other thing is the infrastructure too. It just seems like uh, if anyone who's ever been to downtown Buffalo, it's just like it almost just seems impossible. Like where the hell are they gonna they're gonna have to. They completely reconstruct the going in and out of, of the city of Buffalo because on that that those game days it's it's hard to get out of there on a Sabres game night when there's like twenty thousand people in downtown Buffalo for the game it's a, God forbid an eighty thousand seat football stadium there's no way there's no way people would get in and out of there uh, one talks about spot is actually mentioned that the Jim Kelly golf tournament that's I used to work in I think it's considered a city uh, city of Batavia it's a city right in between on the highway because. Uh, Buffalo and the city of Rochester are parallel with two big cities in Western New York. Batavia is right in the middle, and that's where Jim Kelly's golf tournament is. And there was like a little bit of people were trying to convince the Bills, at least people in Batavia, like, hey, you guys can come play out here in Batavia. It's about 45 minutes from uh, the, the city of Buffalo right now. But at least comparatively to downtown Buffalo, I mean, you could put it the bills in Batavia and it's literally that the highways right there. It goes right through the city. You can put it right in the outskirts. You can actually have the infrastructure, the area to build a stadium in downtown Buffalo. It's like, damn, you're like, how are you? You, you go to a Sabres game, you go to a Buffalo Bison game, the triple a baseball team. It's, it's like impossible <laughs> to get out. And it's like the size of those stadiums. And it's impossible to get out. It just really was logistically going to be pretty hard in downtown Buffalo. And you know, Orchard park, it's, it's, they can, they can figure, uh, you know, some other things to put there. I'm sure they're going to end up being a concert venue and stuff like that and all that other good stuff. So the NFL can make their dollars and the bills can be a little bit more of a profitable organization there, or at least their, their net worth for 
God knows how long Forbes every year around this time. It was a couple of weeks ago. The Bills are the least valuable team in the NFL. Well, when you have kind of not the best stadium in the league, that certainly kind of puts it into puts it puts it into perspective of why the Bills need a stadium. The Bills are definitely the least valuable team in the NFL. But <laughs> them and the Bengals have been at the right at the bottom every single year. So a new stadium will help. With our football team here, uh, the dominant headlines are you know I, I guess I don't know if it's an outbreak, but there's some COVID issues going on with the team. And we were talking last week about this, how we just hope that, you know, the COVID thing isn't the story of the year. Uh, And unfortunately, it's a story of this week, at least because, well, and I'm not going to bash the players for this one because it was a vaccinated trainer that tested positive. Uh, But you have a bunch of close contacts that are now away from the team facility and not practicing, like including Gabriel Davis, Starla Tulier, Cole Beasley. Uh, you know, you hear Cole Beasley's name on a, on a COVID thing. It's like a lightning rod. I'm sure, Nick, uh, I'm sure people have opinions here, but I don't want to bash the players because they're only they're only being considered close contacts. And this is probably a precaution. It's just part of the NFL's health and safety protocol. But this wouldn't be a thing if they were vaccinated. But still, that's a story for another day. Uh, but needless to say, the Bills have a COVID issue right now. And there's a bunch of players uh, away from the team. And that's not helpful, you know, less than a week away from cut down day. It's an interesting situation unfolding in Buffalo, and it's unfortunate, to say the least, that they're the center of another COVID issue again. Uh, before, it was pretty much just Cole Beasley being the number one number one person. And uh, Of course, he has to be in the middle of this one, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. He, he, he surprisingly didn't say anything about it, because usually he gets always has something to say, but he did retweet Adam Schefter saying that Cole Beasley yeah, is that. among the players. I was like, oh, Lord. What was that all about? <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I, it's all he, all he did was retweet, and I was like, "Here we come, here we go." But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He held back this time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it's a simple new new COVID safety protocol, as far as I know. Where if you're deemed near somebody, a close contact, it almost essentially does. Close contacts essentially do not exist anymore for for vaccinated players. Is what you if anyone who's in close contact with this trainer, he or they wore continually being COVID tested now for five days. But as long as those vaccinated players test negative, they can go practice. Now we kind of can tell who a couple players who were not vaccinated. And those are clearly Vernon Butler, Starla Tulier, Cole Beasley, Shock Shock, and Gabriel Davis that they're unvaccinated players right now. But I mean, that's, that's just the reality that the bills are going to have to deal with. And it's kind of the one thing it does, you know, we, you know, I know we don't want to super touch on should they be vaccinated, should they not be vaccinated. Well, this is what, this is what players are putting their teams at risk for if if this happens. If this trainer tested positive on a Wednesday prior to a game day, uh, prior to a work week, even if it's on Tuesday, I mean, I, that's going to put, especially on this certain scenario, if the Bills ended up not being able to have those four players Monday through Friday before Sunday game because they have to sit out in this COVID window for five days, I mean, what are you going to do? Are they going to be able to? Are you going to be able to get them the playbook, or are you comfortable playing them if they don't practice for five days and work on work on the game plan together? I mean, it, it certainly could make for potentially an interesting situation. It doesn't sound like the Bills would have to forfeit a game or anything like that if something like this happened during the regular season. But they might be without some players and. Uh, love him or hate Cole Beasley. I mean, it's hard to debate uh, when he says that the Bills offense thrives a lot or relies a lot on the slot wide receiver position. Yeah, it's it, it makes for a potential uh, difficult scenario down the road, and hopefully the Bills are not involved with that. That's 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 what we can at least hope for. Yeah, it, it just puts your team in an awkward state, just not knowing 
who you're going to have in a given week and knowing that these these positive tests can just come up at any time because you're, you're you know you're traveling and you're doing all these things so uh again hope, hopefully this doesn't become the story uh we're still in the preseason but not not a not a great start to the COVID thing with the Bills. It's not. I know I don't like the way it's trending, Nick. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that story as we go as we continue. But coming up next, our fantasy football question of the week centers around a player we have not seen enough of this preseason, and I miss this player. We'll talk about him coming up next. All right, Nick, a player we have not seen so far in the preseason or in joint practices or anything. So we haven't we haven't heard a lot about this player besides his contract. Is Josh Allen. So uh, the Bills are, are, you know, are, are being safe or cautious with Allen to be, you know, to put it lightly, to not put him out there. Uh, you know, the Bucks even put Tom Brady out there for a series. I think he got sacked and they pulled him right out of there. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, there's plenty of teams, plenty of teams with their quarterbacks that haven't played in the preseason. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Some of these guys, though, like Justin Herbert. Yeah, the Chargers aren't playing Justin Herbert. Daniel Jones for the Giants was one on the list that was shocking on this list. Yeah, he was on. the number one one that stood out, and I was like, huh, okay. Pretty... I know the Browns got their thing with Baker Mayfield. That they're like, he's really good, and I still don't know if he's good or not. But Daniel Jones is definitely the one that I was like, huh, okay. I think I think <laughs> okay. Daniel Jones could use all the reps he could get. Uh, so yeah. so the Giants treating Daniel Jones like he's freaking, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. It's freaking ridiculous. But anyway. Uh, my fantasy question of the week for you centers around Josh Allen because I think uh, strategies in fantasy football this year, because the wide receiver groups are so deep, I feel like you can employ different strategies. This this idea of a zero wide receiver strategy, right? We've we've heard about the zero running back thing, where you don't pick a running back for the first three or four rounds and you and you do mm-hmm. the other thing. I think this is the year to flip it because wide receiver so deep, and maybe you kick the. I know I know a strategy is usually to wait until like the seventh, eighth round to pick your quarterback. But these guys like Josh Allen, who can just rack up points through the air and on the ground, his rushing is so huge. Um, he's going to rush for so many touchdowns around the goal line. I mean, I'm wondering, like, if you were going to draft Josh Allen in fantasy this year and reach for him, you know, how soon is too soon, right? Uh, that's one thing that I'm not sure. So if you're in a normal league where you start one quarterback, there's no super flex spot. And now, admitting full well that I am a, I do have a man crush on Josh Allen. So I'm wondering, <laughs> when should I go after him, right? You know, he's being drafted right now only behind Patrick Mahomes. You probably can't wait much longer than the third round to, to take a shot at Josh Allen. He's going to be off the board, I think, by the end of the third round, fourth round at the very latest. Uh, so what do you think? Could you come up with a strategy for your fantasy team where picking Josh Allen that high is a good idea? Because I got to say, if I'm looking at my fantasy team and Josh Allen's my quarterback... I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I'm currently in. I, I'm going to be in three leagues this year, Ryan, and I know one of them we already have the order for. So it's a 12-team league, and I got the 12th pick. So I have back-to-back, okay. I'm and I'm in a pickle because I'm like, do I think about Allen in for my third pick? But I'm like, well, is he going to be there? That's like almost the fourth round. So I'm personally going to going to hold off until then because I think if I can get him in – you know, the, the 12th pick, because I'll get back-to-back, I'll get the first pick in the second round, and then by the time my third-round pick comes around, it's basically going to be the fourth round. So I'll have those back-to-back right there. So by round three or four for me, personally, I think I'm going to hope nobody from my league is listening because I'm going to give away a little strategy. But I am going to be – I have already thought about this exact thing where I'm like, you know, I'm, I might not get the cream of the crop with running backs or what. I'm like, do I go? Do I then go back to back to make sure I secure some decent running backs? And I'm like, but then what about after that? And I'm not going to get any wide receivers. And I'm like, well, 
what if I just throw another curveball at these guys and I go quarterback like round three real quick? And I mean, Allen would be the guy for me. I mean, you mentioned it. Number one thing on the ground that sure a lot of guys will throw for a lot of touchdown passes and so will Allen as we saw last year. But the ones he gets in the grounds are, are just that golden ticket in terms of fantasy football, in my opinion. He's going to he's gonna get you, you points every single week. So I'm like, I think I'm going to – I honestly think if it comes around and I'm getting that second time back-to-back picks for, for my for – my, so, I was so pissed I got the 12th pick. But, uh, <laughs> that does suck. But, oh, God, I hate it. I hate having that back-to-back. Some people are like – they always falsely try to like – they lie to you and convince themselves that like they're happy about it, but who the hell's happy about that? I'm living that world right now, and I'm not happy about it. But I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking round three or four is, is fair enough, uh, especially if you're going like you said. You always, I, you seemingly always can find some wide receivers on the waiver wire at least to come in and be a flex option or something like yeah. that throughout the year. So, so deep this year. That's a, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking about doing that. I would to answer it. I, I I'm not considering him off the realm of possibility in round three or four for me right now in my personal world of you know basically not drafting until the fourth round because of those back-to-back picks but yeah i'm I'm, I'm seriously considering going zero wide receiver early and waiting on wide receiver and seeing if i am smart enough to pick those middle of the road wide receivers that produce you know wide receiver one type of numbers uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm smart enough to pull it off, but and then targeting either a guy like Josh Allen or, or one of the top quarterbacks early, or one of the you know, or Darren Waller, or one of the top tight ends, and doing that thing, going running back, running back, tight end with my first three picks, or running back, running back, quarterback. Um, now I know a lot of people scoff and say you can't pick a quarterback that early. Well, if it's Josh Allen though, like, come on, like, I'm taking him. So yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just an interesting one. And then I have another question for you. My, our sports betting question of the week. This is where I usually take out my pretend sports betting app. I don't tell I don't tell the listeners what the, uh, the <laughs> name of the app is, Nick, because you know that's that's something you got to pay dollars for. Well, I'm now going to reveal the name of the sports uh, betting app that we're going to use going forward for our uh, our betting lines and betting questions, and it's Tipico. So we have uh, we have a, a, a name. To, to, to share. That's always good news. That's good for business, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. So, so the Tipico Sportsbook, check that thing out. That's where we're getting our lines. And I have a line for Nick to mull over here. Regular season wins for the Bills on Tipico. The over-under, 10.5. You taking the over or under for the Bills? I think I'm taking the over on that. I think the Bills, especially with an added game, I'm like, come on. It feels, they, too, they gotta... it feels too obvious. The over. Yeah, it feels so now. I'm like, I, what's what's going on there with ten? And yeah, a half? I'm like, what do they what do they know? Like, what do they know that I don't know? Is is it the point I'm at with are that? They, are so, they factoring in COVID concerns? <laughs> I mean, they might be honest. Honestly, they really might be right because I don't know how that's so low. They had that many. Now, and I understand the one thing that I'm saying. I I didn't predict the Bills to to do as well as they did last year, having 13 wins, so going 13 and three, but. The one thing I did predict is I said they're going to mow the AFC East. And they did. They went 6-0. and And because it's so hard to really just win those games every year, there's no way. I, I don't think there's any way the Bills go. Who they lose to, I don't know. Maybe Miami, maybe New England. I mean, they're close to losing to New England last year um, until Cam Newton's late fumble that one game. And I also did not hit the spread in that game because it was three and a half, and Gabe Davis dropped a touchdown pass. And I'm still not over that. I was so so pissed. I was so pissed. He was wide open. Yeah, I'm like, how dare you? Forget about your little that. your little prop bets that you make during the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was oh, I was so tight about that. I was like, how dare you drop that? I would have got that anyways. But uh, 
Yeah, at ten and a half, it's, it just seems so obvious to me. I get that I don't think that they're going to go six and zero in the AFC. You think it'd be an extra game, and, and your extra games are are going to come against at least for the Bills. It's going to be the, the the Washington football team. So it's I just don't I don't see I I don't understand <laughs> where 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 are they not winning? In what world are they not winning eleven games? No, I, I'm with you. I'm hammering the over <laughs> on that number. I don't I don't know how long it'll be ten and a half. I feel like it's going to creep its way up. So yeah. ha- hammer the over if you can if you can find it. That's that's a good number. I know. I, over I under get over and a half. Yeah. I gotta get over New Jersey real quick. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say yeah yeah. New Jersey is the closest place we can bet on typical right now. Yeah. That's that's a story for another day. Uh, yeah. But uh, so yeah man, almost to the end of the, the preseason. So we'll get through this last week. I'm sure nobody will play, and uh, then you know we'll we'll come back around next week and, and start talking about real games again. I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Hopefully the Bills, they got a little bit of an extensive injury report going on right now. It's uh, been a little unkind to them. Isaiah McKenzie's hurt and among some other players. Thankfully, none of them are named Josh Allen, though. So that'll keep the Bills up and going. And Stefan Diggs got back out in the practice field today. Um, soon as those, soon as that uh, next week comes, Ryan, it's going to be a nice, relaxing week for Bills fans over Labor Day weekend. I know I'm going out of town, so I'm gonna yeah. gonna get a, gonna get a little break and go down to Washington D.C. for a weekend and uh, hang out there. Should be nice weather, I hope. Uh, it's always nice and warm down there. But uh, yeah, I need to I need to back away from the Bills injury report myself yeah. for yeah. for a weekend and hopefully they get healthier before opening day because they got a couple key names. Levi Wallace on there with a hip, and yeah. we'll see what happens. And I, I I think though we're gonna see a lot of a lot of Steven Sims and like guys playing for the Bills on Saturday. So I'm gonna predict I'm gonna projecting my crystal ball we will not be talking about the third week in the preseason game next week for no. whoever the hell whoever the hell plays we're no, not no. going to talk about that <laughs> next week we'll be talking about the final 53 and uh, week one so <laughs> of course and, of course and, and i'm looking forward to that so uh for sure for, for sure for nick Wotan, i'm ryan o'leary thanks for joining us looking forward to talking to y'all next week This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.